Greetings, outcast, free thinkers, narrative questioners, dot connectors, and genuinely open-minded and outright curious inhabitants of whatever realm we exist in at the moment. You are about to embark on another free first hour episode of The Notes. If you find yourself wanting to dig deeper and have the desire to join the conversation during our monthly Melt meetups, you might want to consider becoming a monthly subscriber. For as little as three lousy Babylon hokey pokey tokens per month, you can have access to full length, early and exclusive episodes. Just visit patreon.com slash the melt podcast or click the link in the episode notes to set the process in motion. It's simple, painless, and very well might make you feel tingly inside. So without further ado, please enjoy the show. This is Hunter Muse. And this is Chris Snipes. And you are listening to The Melt. I first heard Corey Daniel some five years ago on THC, and I knew that he would be someone that I would like to converse with sometime in the future. Soon after, I had my own podcast, and I attempted to reach out to him to no avail. Then, I forgot about it for a couple of years as he stopped frequently posting his de-occulting videos on YouTube, and then he seemed to appear on other people's podcasts less and less. And then, during the last few months, I saw that he was starting to do interviews again, and there was one in particular that drew me back into wanting to converse with Corey. He was on Sean Atwood's True Crime podcast recently, talking about all of the extensive research that he'd done on the mysterious death of Isaac Cappy, and I was blown away by what he uncovered, what it implied, and that he ended up marrying the very woman who spent Isaac's last days with him. I reached out again, and he got back to me almost immediately. It was meant to be. Now, if you have been considering subscribing to The Melt on Patreon, this might be the episode to nudge you in that direction. During the first free hour, Hunter and I got to know Corey as we had never met, and he had never been on The Melt before, and after that, we dive into the Isaac Cappy saga for almost three more hours. It was a wild ride, but one that we are certainly glad that we went on. Corey's wife, Alicia, joined us, and as you will potentially hear, they are both very wonderful and warm and genuine people. I start off the conversation by asking Corey to give us a little background on how he got to where he is currently at right now. I was, well, my name's Corey. 
um, unlike some creators out there um, embroiled in controversial topics and subjects on the YouTube, um, I don't hide behind my uh, my online name. My name's Corey Daniel. Um, I'm pretty transparent. I don't have a secret life before I came on. Everyone kind of knows my life. I have no felonies, no record. So, you know, go ahead and dox me. There's nothing there to dox about. That's what really aggravated the second tier assets when I got involved in a lot of the COVID stuff and a lot of the um, uh, J6 and uh, Isaac Happy stuff. So mm-hmm. there's really nothing to 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 burn me about. But uh, I was raised in Phoenix, North North Phoenix, um, just middle middle class family there. And, um, and then moved out to the desert about age of 18 and kind of had my second childhood from 18 to 28. I lived out there, mm-hmm. had my own property, had my own little trailer and, um, just managed a family gas station for about 10 years out in Western Arizona. Um, and, uh, that's like, that's when life began for me. Um, I was always into botany from a very young age. I had a garden. Um, I was into the occult. Um, I knew just in, instinctively that there was knowledge to be had there and um, um, that that knowledge was um, powerful stuff. And I didn't understand all of it, but I, I just knew that's what I had to look into at a very young age. And uh, poetry, writing, reading. Um, I didn't have a uh, TV. Well, I had a TV. But I, got, I didn't I had no cable or nothing. I had like a VCR. And I remember I had like four movies. I had Conan the Barbarian, yes. The Doors. Yeah. The big Lebowski. Oh, yeah. And it's <laughs> a movie about Eskimos. And like, that was it. I've watched those four movies for like 10 years, man. That's all I had. And, but I, I mainly just read and wrote and uh, spent my time in the desert hunting and studying uh, Southwestern botany and ethnobotany specifically. Mm-hmm. And that's the study of um, um, uh, the relationship between plants and people for edible medicinal um, uh, uh, utilitarian and spiritual purposes. Mm. Um, I got into the native American studies and, uh, when the Spanish came across, um, I met a lot of really cool people, a little, a little small town, about 300 people halfway between Phoenix and Vegas. Nice. Mm. And I had a four by four. I had a 72 land cruiser. I had a dog, a couple of rifles, you know, it was just, it was Huckleberry Finn, man. Cool. It was Huckleberry Finn in the late nineties. And I met an old guy, old prospector slash, became a really good friend who hung out with Carlos, Carlos Castaneda, you know, back in the day, he knew him from California and he was an old hippie that knew all kinds of cool stories and people. So we drank coffee every day and was, went hunting gold and all kinds of other adventures throughout the desert. Um, you know, came back to Phoenix and, um, ran, we had about, uh, 15, 16 gas stations, 17, I think, I don't know, somewhere in there. We had a lot of gas stations, um, in our company, we had multiple companies. So we retail petroleum. I did that for a couple of years and then we lost everything back in 08, 09, 10. Mm. We went from having a home and everything to being homeless. Wow. And my parents lost their home. We lost, you know, we had 140 employees. We, we took about $50 million to fuel through the Phoenix market annually. Um, so, you know, that was another chapter in my life. Then I started over, got off the streets and became a um, bellman in a hotel in Scottsdale and then up to concierge and then got into guiding pink jeep um you might have heard of pink jeep out of sedona if you ever go to sedona arizona there's these little pink jeep driving everywhere mm-hmm. um i was a driver for them for four years and then got into high-end guiding after that and all that knowledge of botany and ethnobotany and native american studies and the mountains and all the legends and lore and lost gold stories all that just that was my niche and i did that for about another 10 years or so i'm um, on the tail end of that um 
you know, COVID happened um, just after I met, um, I got into the Isaac Cappy investigation in 2019. And then I met my wife, Alicia, through that investigation. And um, she moved in. And the month later, we were on, <clears throat> we were on lockdown. <laughs> you know, wild. So the, first, the first two years of our life, we were like on lockdown <laughs> together. It was really interesting. That's so, a good way to test, to really temper a relationship. <laughs> Oh yeah, we've been through it all. We've been through we've been through ten years of marriage in a year, almost <laughs> three years, man. So, um, so we moved out to the country and started a little farm, and here we are. You know, that's my life in a nutshell. It's Fantastic. Vastly more complicated than that, but that's it. So. <laughs> well, we'll probably get into some of those alcoves uh, throughout the conversation for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I do like sure. the cliff notes, though. That was great. Yeah. What hotel did you uh, concierge <laughs> at in Scottsdale? The Scottsdale. Re- Scottsdale Resort and Conference Center on oh, McCormick okay. Parkway. Yep, I know exactly where it is. It's, I used to go to the Phoenician all the time. I love okay. love Scottsdale. Um, yeah, I have mm-hmm. my own history with um, Arizona and Phoenix in particular. But go ahead. You know sorry. a little bit about Carlos Castaneda, too. A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> Dad. Yeah. Yeah, you're not going to. Get no, we're here clip. to talk to Corey. You're right. We'll, you're right. We'll, okay. We're here to talk oh, okay. to Corey. Yeah, if he wants to know more about that, you, yeah. you feel free to ask. Um, okay. So okay. how did, how did that, uh, how did the Phoenix Enigma get started? You had a very, I remember for a while there, you were putting out videos all the time on YouTube, lots of mm-hmm. fantastic stuff. Uh, and mm-hmm. you were on like higher side chats and stuff like that, but obviously you probably, I'm assuming got pulled from YouTube. Yeah. Yeah, I did. It was during the COVID, um, stuff and the J6 stuff. That's when they killed mm-hmm. the channel. Gotcha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's the J six? January six. Oh yes, yeah. of course, of yeah. course, of course, yeah. of course. Yeah, I knew. Um, uh, you know, Jake Angeli, the Q shaman. He's a friend of mine. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. When um, when when the election was stolen, uh, we um, we were the ones organizing the Stop the Steal rally down there in Phoenix at the Capitol, and then at Third Street and Lincoln. So um, we went down there and we were marching and protesting. Uh, where they were counting those ballots, where they were doing the initial ones, um, mm-hmm. like days after the uh, after the stolen election. So that's where we met Jake and Karen Wood, who was the Republican um, liaison for Arizona for the Stop the Steal stuff. Before the whole entire Stop the Steal rallies um, all got hijacked by uh, I don't know the deep state or DNC operatives. I mean, you know, my intel doesn't go that high, but we did track down and find out that there were multiple operations in multiple states going on. Um, not just in Arizona, but they most certainly hijacked the Arizona one. So when mm-hmm. you saw the Stop the Steel rallies going on, those weren't with um, uh, Ali Akbar was there, mm-hmm. um, you know, that whole crew, um, Adele Bagaid, those people, those weren't the original Stop the Steels. It was Karen Wood who was operating with the Republican. Anyway, the Republican didn't stop it. It got hijacked in the same time that one in Wisconsin, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, they all got hijacked and derailed the entire movement so it, it was some pretty powerful people that did it they had a lot of money that come in and uh, did what they did but anyway um yeah i um that's where we met jake and um we got into all that stuff at that time and um that just kind of coalesced in there with it was kind of on the tail end of the isaac stuff the isaac cappy investigation but um yeah it got messy it's um Politics is a dangerous game. People don't understand how dangerous it truly is. You know, mm-hmm. they, you can, you can immerse yourself as far as you want. You can go out there and um, just have your megaphone or hold your sign and be happy and go home. Or you can start 
talking to people and getting involved and going to house parties and patriot parties and dealing information. And then you're approached by people who want you to work with them. And you know, not everyone who wants you to work with them is a patriot. Sometimes yes. they're feds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Most of the time they're feds and they've infiltrated everything, you know, obviously from the Oath Keepers um, to at the state levels, to the international, everything. They, they've, I mean, the feds have completely, they're so overfunded with the corruption. Um, they've infiltrated and just um, so much chaos and there's so much lack of trust and so much disinformation being pumped into every aspect of it. Um, it's almost, it's just, it's like PTSD at this point. Um, so many thoughts and Sorry if you can hear that goat in the background. We got a goat. Oh, that's what that it's is. It's adorable. That's <laughs> <laughs> Charlie. So, he, he snuck out of the coop. He comes to the back door because he's been sleeping inside. He's about this big. They will bring him on in a minute. But yeah. um, you know, it's um, it's really is a pretty complicated, um, dark world out there, and it takes a toll on you uh, depending on how immersed how immersive you are in it. Um, and it, tell you the truth, it wore us out after a couple of years. You know, it really did. It really did. Um, people slow rolling by your house, your phones and computers getting hijacked, you know, just all kinds of stuff. It, it, it really is, you know, the threat is real. So, you know. It seems like to, to me, I, I don't place much uh, weight on politics because I think it's all theater for the most part. I think every election is stolen in one sense or another, or at least it's guided mm-hmm. in a particular direction. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a hardcore divide and conquer op for sure. But do you, do you put a whole lot of, um, of meaning into? Yeah. Uh, thanks for that question. Um, I used to, when I was naive, I'm like freedom, America, we're free. And hell we <laughs> are. Right. And then I, and then I went to the thing where I got black pilled and still relatively black pilled, but I was like, it's all fixed. But then I, I sit back and I have had a year and a half to like decompress now from it and look from the outside and, objectively with my own emotions and um, you know, anxiety out of it. And it is, it's anxiety ridden when you're in it, man. I think, I think that's the point. Um, Yeah, that is the point. And they'll wear you down. And um, you know, like baseball, baseball is a good metaphor for this. It's a Masonic Mm -hmm. game, right? Double day was the Mason and you got the, um, you got the um, The diamond, the square and the Mm -hmm. compass in it. And you got the diamond and you got the nine and the 11 and you know, all the three, three out, you know, on and on four balls, all these numbers. And when you're, when you're, you have, you have teams, you have two teams and each player is an individual. And that's um, when double day made the game of baseball, he incorporated the uh, essence and the philosophy of Masonic building men into it. So, um, the guy, the, the, the pitcher on the mound, right? Well, if the batter comes up and he stands on it, even though he's, he's on a, he's on a team, he has to stand on his own mm-hmm. and prove himself. And the pitcher, right? It's like a court of law and the pitcher throws the ball. That's the right. accusation. And if he's trained enough and good enough, he can knock that accusation, that ball out of the, out right. of the park. And sometimes the bases are loaded. He can be the hero and bring everyone oh, in. Right. right. I think politics is a lot like that. Um, you have real battles going on at this level. But above it are the masters letting them letting them duke it out because, you know, if if Bush gets in, that's all right. We'll just bring more cocaine to the country and we'll pass the Patriot Act. And then when Obama gets in, yeah. it's all right. We'll pass universal health care. And then when Trump gets in, we'll lock down the country and push mandated vaccines and bomb Syria. And exactly. uh, yes. 
you know, well, it doesn't matter who gets in. Um, they're going to push the agenda one way or the other, and they're going to inch it up up there. That's kind of how I think it is at this point. So, yes, it's controlled, but there really are real battles going on at that level. Um, kind of like in court, you know, um, it's it's a game at a certain yes. level to these people. Um, I think they honor that game. Yeah, good point. Uh, that just leads me to wonder what your opinion of Trump is, because it seems like he, you know, so many people are duped into thinking, oh, he's an outsider and he's a businessman. He's not from the establishment. And that's why he uh, was an effective president and is basically going to save us from the deep state. What are your thoughts about that? Um, I'm conflicted on this. I think he's not an outsider. Um, but you know, in gang warfare, there's not just two gangs, there's mm -hmm. multiple gangs. And sometimes, you know, if the bloods and the Crips are fighting, well, the Russian mafia comes in and when that's done, right. the, the Bosnian mafia come, comes in, right? <laughs> so, the Jamaicans. Um, they're the Jamaicans. You know, I think Trump had his own, for, first of all, I'd like to say on the record, Trump and Epstein go way back. Let's just put that out there. I think everyone who's looked into this is aware of that. Your Fox and your true blue Republicans will say, no, my God, that's just slander. You're a Trump. No, no. Look into it. It goes way back. Read that book, All the President's Men, mm -hmm. right? They interviewed, I forget the guy's name, but he was the uh, the mafia underling who ran the sex uh, the bookstore in New York and Mr. Real Estate would come in and, mm -hmm. and he would ask for women, his favorite uh, porn stars. And then he wanted younger women and they got him on camera allegedly with some 15 year olds, you know, and then go on. Type in um, list of women accusing uh, Trump of, um, you know, of sexual assault. And there's two girls, yes. I think, on separate sides of the country, 15 years old. Both of them said the same thing. Like, he made me touch him and he made me wear gloves because he's a germaphobe. They didn't know each other. You know, yeah. so there's a lot of that out there that just doesn't get put on. So all that's there. And then there's the financial stuff, which I don't pretend to know. I mean, there's people that have gone way deeper on that than I have. Mm -hmm. But, you know, um, who's it? Whitney Webb. She's been talking quite a bit about yes. Trump mm -hmm. and the financial and the Epstein stuff coming out here. Um, you know, I know that Trump got into office. Uh, me and my son talked about this the other, the other day. Uh, he's, he's 20 years old. He's getting into politics and he has very strong emotions, you know, as a young man. And he's like, I'm all for Trump. I said, well, let's, you know, I, I love what Trump says. You know, Trump, you know, came out after this thing the other day and he said everything that you, everything you want to hear, right? He said everything. I said, yeah, son, but what did he do? Don't look at what he says. Look at what he does. He was elected president. He said, we're going to hire a special prosecutor for the Clintons. Never happened, right? Now he's saying he's going to hire a special prosecutor for, 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 for Biden. Um, you know, he stated he was going to um, drain the swamp. You know, the, the, the DOJ, the FBI, the CIA, they all served his pleasure. He could have fired him. Fauci served his pleasure, right? Burks served his pleasure. He could have fired them all anytime. He didn't. Mm -hmm. He didn't. We were locked down for how long? It was supposed to be 14 days. It was a year. But, you know, where I was at in Arizona, yeah, it was quasi-locked. Anyone who opened up, it was still hell, you know, and yeah. he had the fear. And he, he relegated to the states, which technically he should have. But if you knew what the states were going to do, you know, you were caught in that. You know, he could have he could have been a leader and not locked us down. He could have done what DeSantis did in Florida on a federal level yeah, and really exactly. offered incentives to open. He, 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 he just never did it. He bombed Syria. I don't know what the hell that was even about. Um, you know, maybe you do. Um, so you look at everything he didn't do, 
I knew he was going to start the wall late, right? He kept going on about, about the illegal immigration. We're going to build the wall. going to build the wall. And I said, he's going to do it in, in, in the third year late because he's going to use it as a, as a springboard, mm-hmm. you know, for the election. And sure enough, exactly what he did. Um, you know, and you know, my son was like, well, dad, he, he built the wall. I'm like, yeah, but Biden just opened the doors. You can build the biggest, baddest wall you want and put moats and alligators in it. And if you got the next guy just opening the doors and letting him anyways, it doesn't matter. You got a wall there and who cares? They come through the doors. They just let them in. And when you look at it like that, it's, it was just all for show. We're going to build this wall, build this wall. And, you know, I was all for the wall, but at the same time, you just screw the wall, just come through the door, invite them in. And that's what happened. You know, I kind of get the the walls there for us. How about exactly? How about all the tunnels? Build the wall, great. But what about closing all the fucking tunnels? <laughs> They're well, the all. Kids are you know, <laughs> so I've had the pleasure of talk- talking to very interesting people in my decade of guiding, and mm-hmm. I would do short tours for two hours and four hours, and then I would do my all day tours from Phoenix to the Grand Canyon and back. That's a twelve wow. hours with a client. Amazing and for the whole entire day. It's four hours up, four hours back, and four hours of the canyon, right? And those were fun days, long days, you know, because I'm up for like 18 hours, you know, Amazing. doing everything I got to do. But um, I like would find interesting people and interrogate them all the way, all the way back. <laughs> you know, we're on a 12 hour tour. There's like this rhythm yeah. to the tour. You're like, hey, good morning. Drink your coffee. See where everyone's at. Find out who's, you know, find out where their, where their, um, where their sensitive spots are, where their exactly. boundaries are. And you just stretch them out a little bit. And I, yes. I but, you know, and you, you stretch them bit by bit throughout the day. And, um, this one time I had this guy on tour and he stated, so what do you do? And he said, I work for a company and he named it. I got, I actually made a video about it. It's one of my old, it's one of my first videos. Uh, I did it in black and white. It was tales from the, uh, tales from the the trail. I think I got five of them. And, um, he flew in a plane for a contractor and they did LIDAR imaging. I believe it was Mm -hmm. LIDAR imaging. Imaging mm-hmm. and they mapped out uh, routes of drug, you know, through uh, Guatemala and Panama and the U.S. border. Yeah. I said, "What are we doing at the U.S. border?" And he says, "Oh, it's where all the drugs come in the country." I said, "What do you mean?" He goes, "Well, every day we fly over there, if not me, another guy, another crew, and we map the whole entire border, and we know where all the tunnels are at, and we map the tires and the footprints, and we know which trucks they are coming, come, come, coming in. We know the I- illegals, how many." So like when the politicians get up there and tell you, they don't know. And this was like almost 10 years ago now, maybe he said, like when the politicians get up, get up there and say, we don't know where they're coming in. They get detailed reports of photographs of footprints and entire tracks and tunnels and LIDAR from us every single day. They know exactly where they're coming in at. They can shut down whenever they want and they just don't, they just don't. So you're spot on with those tunnels. You know, I would talk to a guy that, Told me he did that. You know, I talked to a guy. Remember when when the e- Ebola was going on mm-hmm. the, uh, during um, Obama? Mm-hmm. I talked to a guy. He worked for the uh, <laughs> he worked for the government in um, uh, pandemics, and uh, and uh, he worked over there. It was a uh, it was a gentleman. He sat in the front seat. And the way back, we started talking about it. It was right because it was happening as we were on 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 tour. And he says that's not natural. I said, "What do you mean?" He said it started on three separate rivers. He said that's CIA. It's never, it never tracks back to three separate rivers. You know, we, we track it here. It always goes up to one. It starts in one mm-hmm. little village. And sure. the fact that it's, 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 um, um, uh, transmissible through air 
and mm-hmm. it's not hemorrhagic, but it's still in the same family. They lessen the lethality of it, and they release it out for a deal. That's remember when Obama was saying, "We have to bring them here to cure it. We got to bring them yeah. to Texas to cure it." If yeah, we don't that bring is it here crazy. Now, then they're going to spread. This guy's. I, I, I got a guy that worked for the CDC for the government. He's like, dude, this is like a CIA op. I'm telling you right now. I said, is that common? He's like, more so than you'd think. Yeah, people talk when they're on tour. People talk. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Yeah, they get loose. They loosen up after a while. They get to trust you, and mm-hmm. yeah. And then and they go up there and, and they look at the Grand Canyon. It's like the most majestic, magical thing you've ever seen in your life. And yeah. the sun goes down, and just like Art Bell, boom! Yes. I start in. You know, yeah. the sun goes down. We start talking about these topics. I certain, fucking love it. People will talk are, about that are best at night. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. UFOs, you know, uh, mm-hmm. skinwalkers, the Yinabushis, that kind of stuff. And anything yeah. in that weird conspiratorial realm, you know, they do very well. And people like to, people like to talk about that stuff. Yeah, Absolutely. they really do. They say, don't talk right. about what is it, uh, religion or politics. But uh-huh. when you start talking to people, that's all they want to talk about. So really that's what they want to talk about. Yeah. They're just, I mean, they're, I guess they're maybe afraid of stepping on toes or, you know, breaking eggshells or something like that. What were you going to sure. say? I just, I just, have always had just this weird relationship with watching these shows like the, you know, the, the news, the MSNBC news channel, and then watching Fox and, you know, in 2007 and eight around that time when they started to have Trump on all the time, Mm -hmm. I was like, this motherfucker is going to be the president. They're testing mm-hmm. this guy out to see if people will accept him as any kind of a pundit or authority. And he had been on shows like he was on The View and he said he was talking about Ivanka. And if Ivanka wasn't my daughter, I'd be dating her. Yeah. And I just thought this guy is so dirty and such a pervert. I can't believe anyone would ever take him seriously as a political figure. And so now in, you know, cut to 2023, when we have people that, you know, for all intents and purposes, we could say are on our side who are like, Trump, Trump's Mm going to save us. I'm like, you've lost the fucking plot. If you think that this guy is going to fix anything he is just another party Mm -hmm. line tower he's he is another distraction the only person that's going to save you is you it's not going to be a politician well they've implemented a cult a culted uh, doctrine culted tactics um and i think we've all been subjugated to it from birth okay the the human brain and this is where when you talk about the occult um for anyone out there um i don't know you guys audience very well but um the occult means hidden or hidden knowledge. Mm-hmm. And this knowledge that has been back from the Sumerians, the Egyptians, to the Greek, to the Roman, into Europe, and now into America. We are a continuation of Western civilization. Mm-hmm. Um, and this knowledge, um, the trivium and the quadrivium, right? Logic, rhetoric, and debate, and grammar for the trivium. Mm-hmm. And then you have your number, music, geometry, and space. Um, and um, that's the quadrivium. This knowledge was... Um, uh, Kept by the by the wise men, by the Merlins, by the religious institutions, by the Catholics later, by the the Jews. You know, there's a lot of hidden occulted knowledge within the symbolism of the Star of David, which goes back to Egypt, right? This occulted knowledge of how the human brain works and how to manipulate it goes back to the first time an emperor stood at an elevated stance and was talking down 
to mm-hmm. people just like the Pope does, just like the president does. Yeah. Because when mm-hmm. you're looking up, right, when you're looking up for an extended period of time, your eyes are elevated and a little bit of melatonin begins to drip down and drip down. Mm-hmm. And if you know your tone inflection, like Hitler did, starting off soft and gentle and comfortable and building you up into a frenzy later, while you're standing up, looking up, being hypnotized literally as your brain into an alpha state or slips into an, you know, into a low beta high alpha state. That's physics. That, that's occulted knowledge. And yeah. they've taken it further. And that's ancient stuff, you know, um, or archaic. And it goes into um, the frequencies on the TV with the, with the flicker rate. And now they mm-hmm. got the, uh, the, the 5G and they're pumping it out everywhere all day long. And that's not even talking about the, um, the directed energy, you know, with the V2K. Yeah. It's very, very real. Yep. You know, it's what I believe Isaac was being hit with. Isaac, 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 Isaac Cappy. But yes. when, you, when you look at the society, how we've been conditioned uh, since uh, about TV came out, the human brain uh, thinks in dichotomy, opposing factors. We know black because we've seen white. If we never right. saw black, you wouldn't know what white is because the brain differentiates two. Look mm-hmm. at our baseball teams. You know? Two teams against each other. Football, it's always two. Basketball, everything's two. We have the black hats yeah. and the white hats. We have cowboys and the Indians. We have the Jedi and the Sith. There's always two in our politics, our Democrats and Republicans. We're trained to tribalize from birth. Exactly. So and in our in, in our entertainment, in our fun, um, everything we do is split into two, right? Mm-hmm. When you have God the whole in geometry, sacred geometry, it splits into two. That's the first break, male and female, right? Um, or pick your two opposing uh, forces. And that's what they've used in the politics because we've been trained from birth and we so readily accept that. No one thinks outside of that. If you go to like a uh, Catholic school, you will go through Jesuit training. I have a friend who went to Jesuit school and um, he says like we we learned that, but then we learn the, from the third perspective, 3D mm-hmm. always out of the box. And that's how Jesuits are trained to, 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 to think. Uh, if you know any people who've been to Jesuit school, um, hearing them talk and their thought patterns and how they process information and they can argue both sides of the debate and put themselves out of it emotionally, like Carlos Castaneda always talked about, right? Forget the ego, kill your own ego and watch yourself talk, right? Um, these are all ancient tech, occulted tech techniques of not being duped by this type of stuff. Um, yeah. You know, well, I was on I tour that, one time again and I met a... No. I just quickly wanted to Go say ahead. that... Uh, that yeah. Hitler and many of these world leaders we're talking about, they all studied mesmer. So the idea of mesmerism mm-hmm. and of hypnotizing people mm-hmm. with the way, the tone, the intonation, and the, and the cadence of your speak is de- deeply entrenched in what you're talking about. Sure, sure. So um, what were you going to say? I knew a guy, briefly, um, yeah, I met a, a gentleman. Um, he was in marketing. And when I met him, he was marketing soap. And like, uh, like laundry soap. And I said, oh, yeah. He goes, I bet you I can guess what kind of soap you you, you do your, your your laundry with. I'm like, all right, this is cool. And, he, and I'm like, all right. <laughs> He's like, how old are you? I said, I'm like 34. He's like, okay, you're 34 years old. You live in Phoenix? I said, yep. He's like, all right. Live in Phoenix, 30, 34. You single? I said, nope, I got a family. He's like, okay. And yeah, I forget the, the rest of the question. And he goes, you buy gain. I said, dude, how'd you do that? Yeah, I buy gain soap. How do you know that? He goes, because I market soap. We spent millions of dollars figuring out what color to make the box. Then millions of dollars to figure out what kind of a handle goes on that box. And a million dollars, the granule of the soap. And then the scooper, is it round? Is it square? What does it feel like when you put it into your, your, your hand? Is it going to be at the top of the box, the middle of the box, or the bottom of the box? Um, what, product, what, what height level is it going to be, be at? On and on and on. And he said, we spent like just millions, $10 million on all these things. 
I said, what do you do now? He says, I work for politicians. And I said, oh, a perfect fit. He said, I said, he said, I, we got Obama elected. I said, oh, you got Obama. He goes, yeah. I said, well, what'd you do? Give me some, I'm, I'm really into this. He goes, well, you know, Obama symbol. I said, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's that circle with the, the, with the red, white, and the blue. He goes, what's that make you think of? I said, dude, it's the Pepsi sign. He goes, exactly. We took the Pepsi symbol and we rotated upside down. And I said, he goes, what's, and I, I, I looked at it, he goes, what's the, uh, what's the tagline for, for Pepsi? I said, it's the choice of a new generation. He said, and that is already baked into the conscious of the demographic yeah. we needed to vote for Obama. He says, I said, I said, it's fucking sorcery. He goes, it's fucking sorcery. That's all it is, marketing. He says, and we built that product called Obama. We marketed Obama. He was told what to say. And he says, hope and change. He said, what's hope and change? I said, I don't know. I said, I hope and change. You know, he said, it can mean, it's, it's, it's a platitude. It means whatever you want it to mean. Yes, we can. Mm-hmm. Si se puede. What does it mean? It's like, yes, we can. Whatever you want. Make America great again. What's it mean? Whatever you want it to mean. And these are platitudes. It's, um, you know, it's uh, neuro linguistic programming. Totally. And people don't stop long enough to ask why people are saying what they're saying, these politicians, and what they're actually doing, and the sorcery behind it. Um, and that's what's fascinating, you know? Um, and it's just getting more advanced, more sophisticated. I think we're entering into a, a fourth or fifth phase at this point where our options will be taken out of us. You guys are farmers. We're farmers. Um, and I've been looking more and more at politics as a farm, especially, mm. you know, like when you bring in new stock for the new year, you know, your chickens are getting older, the, the chickens reach well, peak egg production at a year and a half, right? And they start, to, you know, they'll still lay for up to three years or whatnot. And, you, and you're just feeding chickens that aren't producing as much. And if the feed's high, you can't afford it. So you got to rotate your chickens out. And Well, if you look at America as a farm, as an economy, don't look at it as sovereign, free people in the, you know, the home of the brave. Look at it as a farm that produces a product. And we know they have anti-gravitic gravitic technology we know they have you know all the 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 mind control devices the v2k the 5g's up everywhere that went up since covid went out they're locking down everything while at the same time they are eradicating the old stock you know 65 percent of the u.s budget if i remember correct don't call me the exact but somewhere around there is social security mm-hmm. and if you kill off the elderly people with a new endemic disease at a higher rate because the flu isn't doing it more and more every year, you can save that much more money while at the same time ushering in a new, gen- new generation of socialism or totalitarianism or globalism, I and mean, pick your word for it, corporate oligarchy, you know, international corporate ol- 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 oligarchy. And the people that fought in World War II aren't going to be able to tell you that, hey, you're headed towards some bad stuff here, you know, exactly. this is totalitarianism. Absolutely. Um, and I think a lot of that's going on right now. I think we're being, um, I think we're being retooled. America's being retooled in technology. Uh, you see a lot of destruction. Um, I think the I think the riots are going to ramp up again. Um, you're seeing the destruction. All these um, all these inner cities are just getting destroyed with the BLM a couple of years ago during the summer of love. Who's coming in there buying it all up? It's BlackRock. It's Vanguard. Yeah. It's the cities th- them, themselves. You have the people just d- d- destroy it. Look at the Ukraine right right now. You know, 
They're laundering all that money. They're taking the money for them, them themselves. They're getting rich. They're bombing the shit out of that country. They're killing the people, the stock that's there. And what's going to mm-hmm. happen? They're going to bring new people in and they're going to rebuild it. BlackRock owns 30% of the Ukraine now, I think it was. They bought 30% of the U- uh, Ukraine two weeks ago, three weeks ago, something like that. They had, they had a meeting, Zelensky and the uh, execs from the uh, BlackRock are in there. And what are they going to do? They're just going to retool it. It's just a corporate takeover. There's a Build lot of that going better. on in the world right now. Build back better. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and I think that uh, China is another player in all of this, in this dialogue. Uh, and I think one of the things that I find interesting about the, the different types of societies and cultures that we have uh, witnessed is that China is a communal culture and America is a independent culture. So people really want to live separate from their families, not really um, looking at the elderly as being a important part of the population Mm -hmm. that, you know, that that has been a narrative that has been pushed the past 20 30, 40 years, uh, you know, getting people involved in like old folks homes and, you know, oh, you don't want, you know, your grandma and grandpa to live with you. You want to put them out to pasture, basically, where in mm-hmm. a place like China, you live generationally in a home. So you have yeah. grandmother, gra- great grandmother, exactly living in a home. But they have started to adopt when they did the one child policy what fucked them was that now they don't have people to take care of the elderly. So they're now going into AI and using robots to take care of elderly and old folks homes because the men have to work. So mm-hmm. there's no woman to take care of grandmother and grandfather. So the man has to take his grandmother or his mother and put her in an old folks home. So it's yeah. kind of adopting this idea of like this westernized uh, segment of our culture, but it's like the worst part. Mm-hmm. So instead worst of having, of yeah. And, and, you, and you forgot that? when the parents have to go to work as well, the government gets the kids. After exactly. For school. Yep. Exactly. And that's why they passed those kindergarten initiatives. And we're going to, you know, every mother should be allowed to get, you know, have their kids taken care of when they're working. And it's like, hey, don't you get it? They're just getting your kid one more year. Free college. Exactly. They're getting your kids four more years. Yes. You know, it's more indoctrination, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Oh, you know, people yeah, understand it. Go ahead. It's just, it's just wanting, like you said, to basically cull the elderly. And the intention is that you don't have anyone who's old enough, who doesn't have cultural amnesia to really recognize what's happening. To put something into context, perspective. Well, and to teach skills. That too, that too. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. To remember a time before this fucking, as you said, amnesia kicked in and that Things used to be completely different and yes, better. Yeah. It's like someone needs to tell our kids, like when I was your age, I rode bicycles around and we found out where our friends were at by riding around the neighborhood. And then yeah. where all the bikes were piled in the front yard is where they were inside or on the back <laughs> yes. or playing Nintendo or playing stickball or whatever we were doing that day. You know, yes. that's what we did. And yeah. they, have, they have, they have no clue. They have no clue, you know, but uh, yeah. you know, and, and they will erase the books. Um, they will erase it. Google bought out, I think, all of the college books. Like for every college, they own the rights to most 
most every college uh, instructional book now, and a lot of colleges give them on the tablets now. They don't give hard copies, I understand, any, any anymore. And they, they can just make them say whatever they want. Yeah, exactly. Edit it on the That's fly. Terrifying. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. You remember that? Remember movie 300? Mm-hmm. Movie 300, yes. uh, The Spartans? Yeah. All the really oh, good-looking yeah, 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 men. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the big buff dudes, right? He said something <laughs> when slow-mo. Leonidas. You, I know you remember that, Hunter. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, uh, <laughs> my wife's like, oh, we watched the 300 again? Okay. <laughs> Visual candy, right? Um, Le- Leonidas was talking to Xerxes. And, um, and he says, bow before me and I'll make you a king in your land, right? And he says, no. And he said, I will wipe out your memory from history. I will cut the tongue of anyone who mentions your guys' name. I will burn the books and all records and anyone who knew of you and Sparta will have no, have never have existed. And I thought to myself, wow, that's like possible. Like you could really do that. Civilization alone is a really fragile thing, but if you intentionally try to wipe it out, you can, you can do that. And I wonder how many times that's happened in yeah. history. You know, we only exactly. got 7,000 years, right, of memory, written memory in the world now as a species, going back to the Indian Vedics, right? Yeah. That's it. Li- library that, of Alexandria. The Library of Alexandria was burned. Yeah. How many libraries yeah. burned down that we don't even know about? Exactly. Well, remember when Her- Herodotus went to Egypt to, to learn about, you know, and the Egyptians laughed at him and said, oh, you, you Greek, you're children and you think you know so much. And they said, you know, you know, it was all in Alexandria and it got destroyed that, um, you know, uh, the Egyptians were really, um, and I think, you know, there's a lot of people discussing that right now. Um the pyramids and all the information coming out about the, the Sphinx and um, all the, all the, the sacred ancient, ancient knowledge. And we're waking up to it. Um, you know, it's what Art Bell called the quickening. We're, we're, we're slowly mm-hmm. as, as technology rises and we have access to it, which is the natural shift for what they, where, where they need us. Um, they have to ramp up faster than we overtake them. So it's a, exactly. Um, that's where, if that makes sense, you know, we're fighting totally for our freedom, sense. but, they need us controlled. They need us um, operating a certain way for the future to live out their dream, whatever it is. You know. Yeah, I think that's why yeah. one of the, the the pretty intense facets of the whole COVID uh, malarkey is the campaign to uh, call uh, to censor first and foremost, but to label all of the any any kind of narrative that questioned the main narrative as conspiracy theories. Mm-hmm. I mean, that term was thrown around so fucking much that you could just say the first syllable and most of your normal Joes would just go, oh my God, I'm not even going to look into that because it's, you know, it's, it was equated with the right wing. It was re- equated with Trump. Yeah. Trump uttered the words mm-hmm. fake news. So that was forever etched into people's minds saying mm-hmm. that, you know, if you, if you say that, then you might as well side with Trump. He might as well be a you know, a Republican. It was ridiculous. It was totally pandering to tribalism and it simplified things so much that you couldn't even have any sort of divergent thought pattern whatsoever without being, Mm -hmm. you know, put under this convenient umbrella. Labeled. Yes. Yeah. You guys are free thinkers, obviously. Um, I'm, you know, free thinker. I would imagine your audience is probably, you know, resonating with us here. Yes. I didn't realize, I I live in a pretty rural place right now. Um, I didn't realize how strong groupthink was. Mm. Um, I have a lot of neighbors and people I know in this town. And 
we start talking about politics and they kind of glitch out. And I said, well, who do you vote? How do you know? Well, oh, I know I don't drink Bud Light because I ain't queer. You know, and it's like, okay. You know, you know I'm with you. I'm with you on the boycott. All right. You know, I, I, I get it. But at the same time, like, is it that simple? And yeah. it's the group think for a lot of people. They, they said, I just vote what my dad votes. I just vote what exactly. my friends vote. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people do that. Yes. A lot of people are so scared to get out of the herd. It's like zebras. You know why zebras have stripes, right? So you can't tell them apart. Right? Uh, yeah, leopards have stripes in, in, in spots so that so so that they can hide in the grass, right? That's camouflage. Mm-hmm. Zebras have stripes to hide within each other. Mm-hmm. They're not hiding from anything. They're hiding from the, they're, they're blending in. And the strongest yes. ones drive to the inside and push the weakest towards the outside. And the leopards and the lions can't tell the difference in the the the, the stripes. They get confused. Mm-hmm. So it's a very uh, cowardice form of camouflage, if you can attribute a uh, morality to camouflage in nature. <laughs> you know, it's kind of shifty. Um, but it's what a lot of people tend to do in society. They just want to be in the herd. They don't want to be out there on the edge saying what they because they believe that people are going to think, you know, X, Y, or Z about them. And they're scared to death. They're scared yeah. of it. Yeah. You know? Well, it's because they don't know what the consequence is going to be. They, you know, if it, being yeah. tribal, you know, if we were living in caves and you said the wrong thing and you got shoved out of the cave, then for all intents and purposes, you would die. So I think Good it's point. that same, that same intent of wanting uh, to survive. And so you just, get along like you go along to get along or you just shut the fuck up and you don't tell mm-hmm. people what you think and feel because you're afraid you're going to be considered an outlier. Yeah. You know, when be, before television and I, I hate television. I despise television. Um, before television came along, if you think about it, how, how old are humans? I mean, in civilization, a couple hundred thousand years, arguably. Right. Depends we on who all, you ask. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> right. It's 6,000 if you're Christian, but it's 200,000. Exactly. Which, you know, which, which version of us? <laughs> all right. Whichever one you go, you go all that time until you get to like 1930 something, late 30s, where TV mm-hmm. is really started. It was invented like in the 20s, right? It came out. It was actually yeah. a military weapon. It was, they designed mm-hmm. it to be a, a television, a way to to uh, train troops better to brainwash mm-hmm. them. And they figured, Oh shit, give this to the people, give, give this to the constituents. Right. And that's when yes. it started getting, getting out before mm-hmm. television. People would get together at the pub. Men would go to the pub and talk. They would get on the front porch and they would say, Hey, what's going on? Oh, that, that son of a bitch is running for office. Well, hell he, he ain't no good. And they would talk about all that stuff. And what's going on with the widow, you know, Janet down the road. Oh, she lost her husband. Well, she needs some help bringing in the, in the, the corn this year, you know, and it was a community. Television came and that separated everybody. Everyone just got separated. About the same time the car started rolling out, right? And becoming available to everybody. You talk about the in, the in, independence. I was speaking to a friend from Europe the other day and, and he says, Why, what is it with that mentality there? I said, cars, vehicles. We have our own vehicles. We can go wherever we want, when we want. I can take my truck. I can start a business. I can put racks on it and do glass or construction or farming. I can make a living with my truck. If I don't like where I am, I can move. The government can't tell me when I can and can't go. You live in Norway. You got to wait for the buses and the trams and the subways and the ferries to run, or you got to go rent a car. Like 
that's your choices. And after X amount of time, you can't drive or you can't go anywhere. You're stuck where you're at. You got to get a cab. But me, I go wherever I want, when I want. And it's that independent attitude. I said, why do you guys come over here to, I mean, I went to Norway years ago. I saw a bunch of friends over there. And one of the biggest dreams of middle-aged men is to come to America and get on a, a bike and run Route 66 from mm. Chicago to Cali. Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's the dream. Because they said it's just America. It's on the open road and the highway and the wind with your buddies and wearing your leather on a bike. I said, I get it, man. Yeah, that's my life. You know, <laughs> I, I, I get it. And I think that is universal throughout man to strive for that kind of freedom. And um, like I said earlier, I think we're entering a time when they're trying to neck in this, this, this human component of the system and manage us uh, more stricter. And that comes in with, like you were saying, Hunter, with this, um, with all the cultural conditioning, you know, xenophobe, homophobe, whatever, um, you know, get you to shut up and not say anything and not talk about religion, not talk about politics. The first thing I remember when I went to guide school, don't talk about religion. Don't talk about politics. Shit. That's all I ever talked about on tour. Cause it makes the best conversations. People love talking about that and aliens and skinwalkers and, you know, the things that are <laughs> taboo in the night. That's what makes it, you know, memorable. Um, otherwise you're talking about the weather and you know, no one's talking about the damn weather, you know, exactly. point talking. Well, the capacity so, to be able to speak to people and not agree with them is being eroded and becoming heart. extinct. And, and I think that that's a, an interesting aspect of mm-hmm. how the political um, sphere has become involved. Because, you know, 200 years ago, when there was going to be an election, these politicians actually went on tour together. And mm-hmm. one was given three and a half hours to speak. The other was given three and a half hours to speak. And in the next town, they switched. And the one who went second went first, and the one who went first went second. And there was an mm-hmm. actual discourse that was happening with people in these towns. Now you get these, you know, sound bites or 144 characters, and you're supposed to determine policy based on this very limited piece of information. So then it just becomes this Somebody. visceral thing of like, oh, I don't like that guy. Or I love that guy, (laughs) you know, so there's no critical thought behind any of this stuff. And I think that, again, is an intentional consequence of uh, propaganda and taking Mm -hmm. away education where that's not really about learning. It's just memorization by rote. And then who gives a shit if you remember after you take the test? Yeah, you know, back in the day, only only the magicians and the wise men had scrying mirrors, but now we all have one. Yeah, we all exactly. have a scrying mirror, and it tells us what to think, and it feeds us the information that we need, and um, um, on a daily basis, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I th- and it, it it literally programs us into little sound bites. Um, the um, you know, it, watch kids texting these days. When texting first came out, I remember I remember where I was first time I saw someone text. I was in Norway in two thousand and one. And I was sitting there and this girl pulled a phone out and she was, what the hell are you doing? I'm texting. I'm like, what the hell is texting? Like, what'd you, well, you write notes back. I said, why don't you just call the person? It's faster. She goes, no, no. And, uh, and she goes, everyone here does. It. I said, that'll never catch on in America. Americans would never be that dumb. That's you know, it was Nokia. Genius. Nokia was the, and she goes, yeah. she looked at me like, 
what are you talking about? Like, you know, but they were ahead of us, you know, over there. They were, a, you know, a, a socialized test group in Norway, right? Totally. And it was, sure, I was wrong. I was wrong about bottled water, too, though. Um, <laughs> it was so, the same uh, in Australia. <laughs> I was in Australia around that time. And it's the same thing. People are texting back and forth. And I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Why are you writing on your mm -hmm. phone? Who is getting that? Like, what's what's happening? And I came back what's to the states, here? and I said, I said the same thing. I was like, this is never going to catch on. And I would text someone, and the text would sit there for months, and I'd be like, well, I texted you, and they're like, I don't text. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I just look at you like you're nuts. Oh. Cut to now, brb, lol. Ugh, it's it's like the yeah, destruction of language. Yeah. And but look at the difference from the texting back then to the texting now. It's been a progress. Per, per, they were full sentences. Yes. And now exactly. it's the letter U and they're yeah. short. You gotta learn all that stuff. And people are learning shorter and shorter. We're forgetting how to spell. And if you exactly. if you're thinking in incomplete sentences, if you're writing incomplete sentences, you think in incomplete sentences and your comprehension and your logic is curtailed and chopped down as well. Yeah. So man, I never saw that coming. But with this with this texting, and it has really, really curtailed people's ability to think fully, hermetically, completely, all the way around the ramifications of that thought from different perspectives into yeah. just a little tiny soundbite. And if people are only thinking that way, well, give them a 15-second soundbite today and Trump, then give them one from Biden, and that's all they can take. And then you can yeah. control them e emotionally and, like you said, vi viscerally that way. And that's where we're at. Exactly. It's exactly, exactly where we're at right now. Yeah, a lot of the trouble we're in, I think, is because of lack of context, whether that be taking the elders out of the equation so we don't have any cultural context, taking sound bites out of a greater paragraph or a whole hour of talking, then you can manipulate it and do whatever the fuck you want with it because it has no context. So it's just a floating Yo, little got, thing. Go ahead. Who's got time to sit there and listen to a 90-year-old person talk for an hour? I do. You know, I'm, I'm from the perspective of a 16 year old kid right now. Who's yeah, got time exactly. for that? Yes. When yeah. when you're going to miss a gazillion things and downloads on your social media, on your Instagram, on your Twitter, on your YouTube, whatever. Um, yes. You know, even though that 90 year old person is going to be giving you gold, gold, yeah, you know, exactly. in terms of knowledge. Yes. Um, and then and then all that got pushed a step farther when the COVID happened. Mm -hmm. I knew as soon as the mask came out, I knew what that was. That was a ritual. It was a yeah. transformation ritual. The masks have been around since the since we first lit fires and called down the gods and brought them into us and it, we had masks. It was a transformation ritual. Hunters had masks. Lovers had masks. Um, um, you know, the leaders would wear a mask and go through the ritual and take the mask off, born again. And I mm -hmm. thought we're being this is a ritual, and people hid behind those masks. And then the waiters and the waitresses would wear them. And then when they could take them off, they didn't because they didn't like. You know, I have I have a couple friends who won't pick up the phone. They call them. Oh, sorry, busy. What What do you need? They'll text you, but they won't talk. And I, I'm like, what is up with this? So I looked into it. Tone inflection, voice, time. Yeah, they're yeah. then required to spend the time with you. They're not as free. However, they can text you back when they want and control yes. exactly what they say. They're not yeah. vulnerable at all. Okay. Yep. A step further is wearing that mask. You can't see the emotions on their face whatsoever at yeah. all. And they're pulling themselves in right in front of you. And I never thought so many people would want to be closed in like that, but it fed into some dark part of a lot of people's psyche and people fell right into, especially the women, girls yeah. more than boys fell into that. 
Um, and I still see waitresses out there that don't want to show their faces. It's sad. Yeah, it's, it's, it's sad. usually there's, there's unattractive people, though, Corey. That's what I've noticed is it's okay. the ugly people. They want to wear the mask. They like the mask. That's not so Hot people don't like the mask. <laughs> you never see an Instagram model with uh, wearing a mask, do you? <laughs> no, but there was like mask porn there for a second. And I was like, perfect <laughs> for someone who doesn't want to <laughs> reveal who they are, who wants to make a porn, of course. <laughs> <laughs> twisted. It is twisted. It is. Earth is the craziest place I have ever lived. I'm telling you. Right? Am I right? <laughs> well, I can't thank you both enough. It's You're been welcome, fantastic. Yeah, and we will. We should definitely do this again if you would be. Yeah, if you want us on a little lighter topics, we can talk yeah, about yeah. what I work on. Um, For sure. You know, there's a lot of things I work on, so you can check out yes. the site and see what you want to work. Yeah, we, I've been deoculting the. Um, um, the presidential announcements of their campaigns as well. Oh, as good. a lot of just solid occulted stuff from Masonic um, numerology popping up in that and similitude going on. So, yeah. Fantastic. And are, I mean, you're posting videos about it on your website or. This is or the first video essays? I have done this interview. Mm-hmm. I think the first interview I've done in how long, honey, a year. Yeah, I haven't been on. Oh, wow. um, we took a hiatus from the internet. We took a break. We got secure. You know, we taking care of our farm, and we spent some time on us. We've been through a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. from the stop the steal to the Trump stuff to the Isaac stuff to the death threats, like personal stuff. Personal. Yeah, we've been through a lot. Um, yeah. So we decided to take some time off. It's as long as it took. We're not. We're not be done with that yet. We got to get a couple. Got to get the hay barn built and the greenhouse built, and then once <laughs> once the property's settled. We'll start digging into the rest of it. But I do some research here and there a couple hours a day and um, start posting some articles again and get things fired back up here pretty soon. Cool. I want to talk to you about the election before, like the, in, our, in our next conversation. I want to make yeah. sure we hit Giants, <laughs> Skinwalkers, and the election. And this all may be related. I do consulting. <laughs> you know how, like, Nancy um, Reagan had her astrologist? Right? Yes. Yeah. I do consulting for a extremely famous politician um, by proxy. Mm. Um, I am consulted on a regular basis for what I think is going on at a deeper nefarious occulted level um, in that realm. And, and you've not been wrong once. And they keep calling me. And so, yeah, there's a lot going on on the major politics right now, uh, the national level and Arizona level. That's, well, you know what Arizona's going through right now. Hell Yes been following that closely yeah so yeah we're in, i'm involved in some of that on a, on a deep level yeah okay. you'll never see my name out there but it's it's what it's what we do yeah well i can't wait for you to tell us who you think is is going to win the next election <laughs> <laughs> or be handed yeah. the next election yes exactly <laughs> yeah we the next time we can we can we can do that yeah okay. i see a couple of scenarios cool. playing out but yeah awesome okay fantastic well have a good rest of your evening, guys. What's left of it. That's right. Yeah. Thank you for spending so much time with us. Yes. Likewise. And thank hu- you for your time hug, as well. your, hug your goats and chickens for us. <laughs> <laughs> we will. We'll bring Charlie on next time. We have a little baby oh, goat. Yes. We'll, we'll bring yeah, baby yeah. Oh, yes. Time. Perfect. Yeah. Okay, guys. Oh, guys. Take care. Wonderful meeting you. You too. Likewise. Have a good night. <laughs> That's my what the fuck just happened phase. Wow. Wow. 
Wow. I'm kind of speechless. We could have talked all night. We could could have talked. We could have. We could have. We could have continued. This is why I wish we did our interviews face to face. So we could stay up into the night making pots of coffee and. We could just keep going. Mm And also so you can feel energy of people too, you know, and there's a lot of energy coming off Alicia and off of Corey. They're both amazing. We'll get them to visit us or maybe they'll invite us out and we'll get to do that. We'll have a sleepover. Yeah. I mean, my God, what a mind blowing interview. Yeah. I would have kept it at at Isaac if I knew that we were going to open all of those cans of worms. Um, Yeah. And just kept the other stuff for, for a completely different show. We could have done at least two or three Isaac shows and that still might happen. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Because I, I, well, just really quickly, I just feel like Corey's uh, research is so, I mean, obviously we, we heard about how extensive it was and it just deserves to see the light of day. I mean, he just deserves all the props anybody could possibly get him for all the blood, sweat, and tears that he's put into that. So as much room as he needs to talk about it, I think it should be given to him. Yeah, I think that there's a, I mean, what I got from him is that there's this monastic element to his research. Like he really, he, he pulled away like all of the frivolity and just went into this very basic space, very basic physical space and just did the work. Mm-hmm. And it's like, there's no, no ego involved in that. It was just like nose to the grindstone and focus on finding out as much information and going down these dark corners that I think many people are, fearful to go down yeah absolutely i apologize for the non-paying members um i I guess you wouldn't be a member then would you if you're not paying but those who don't peep behind the the paywall because that's what we're talking about that's where the magic happened i mean the conversation before then was fantastic Corey's always got an interesting take and has great things to say but the isaac stuff was where the heart of this interview was which was after the first hour. Yeah. You know, we got to meet Alicia and um, hear her experiences face to face with Isaac and get a kind of a sense of his demeanor and his room and his house and where he lived and how, you know, the, the music thing, the, the Phil Collins song being piped into that car, that story just gave me chills. It was so, terrifying and again to think that that you know there are these circumstances that happen that aren't contrived like this actually fucking happened and it happened in this very particular way and i think that when chaotic things are happening that's part of the you know your own capacity to be able to sit in that chaos and maintain your your sanity and your mind space and and your your center is so pivotal because there's all of these synchronicities and clues that are being thrown at you and you can miss them and so she was really capable of keeping her shit together in a very 
fucked up and freaked out time and touching someone who is being targeted and is freaked out. You're absorbing some of that energy. You're picking up on that energy, especially if you are a, 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 massage therapist or healer of any degree like you pick up on people's shit and so i just find it amazing that she was able to keep her her own sanity in the midst of all this insanity yeah (laughs) are you processing um Yes, and it was amazing that they met each other in the midst of all of that, and I'm sure it was very, very helpful for them to make that connection and uh, help to deal with the insanity that, I mean, was already present in Alicia's life because of what happened in regards to Isaac, but the insanity that Corey sort of invited in his life by delving into all of this stuff as deeply as he did, into all the facets of it. I mean, there's so much strangeness involved Mm. in this it's it's hard to wrap your mind around at so many levels yeah uh, so many red flags it's just a field of red flags yeah and what a cool job he had what a fucking amazing job like to drive people run, run these tours to the grand canyon and you know there's that whole level of you know, interesting history and, and knowledge that he has and, you know, capacity to do research on the occult and into occult matters. There's that level, which is already, I mean, we could have done four hours on that for sure on giants and skinwalkers. And absolutely. He's er- interviewed a skinwalker and Arizona lore and, you yeah. know, so there's that. And then you take that skill level and then you put it on something like this which mm-hmm. is potentially a murder investigation and not a suicide investigation and you know what that means and all of these other tentacles that are involved in that it's fucking mind-blowing well what a pair of eyes to have on a situation like that too because it <sighs> just you know almost any other person investigating that would have just stopped you know way short of the mark but he had the eyes to see all of that strangeness and make those connections and know what weight uh the context of what isaac was dealing with at that time how much that had to do with everything that was happening like well you know and he brought up interesting points about Trump's involvement with Epstein, which is something that you and I have talked about before, that there's a long history there. Uh, And again, it's this, it's, he's such a fucking used car salesman. I can't believe anyone would ever look at that guy and think that he's the savior, that he's going to fix anything. Like he's so, he's such a, chill and and it's just so fucked up to think that there is some again some tentacle weird connection between cappy and trump and i want to know more about that like when he says that what does he mean like that you know so again we could have another four-hour dialogue off air (laughs) and talk about that stuff because i what i was thinking is if this is what we're talking about publicly even if though you know the last three hours basically are behind a paywall 
what the fuck is he not saying? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Stuff that he won't divulge for God, for very good reason. I I'm mean, look sure. at what happened to Tracy Twyman and, and several other people who have gotten a little bit too involved in looking behind the curtain and yeah. end up gone. Suicided. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the list of people who were involved with the Clintons who ended up suicided, like Seth Rich. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know if you know much about the Seth Rich story. Well, allegedly he committed suicide by tying himself to a tree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As one does. And I think either but, shot himself or, but he tied himself to a tree. That's the. But for what? What, what, what was he involved in? He was a uh, part of the Clinton ecosystem and in, in like getting kids from Haiti or I don't know what I think he worked for the DNC at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really know exactly what his connection was, but he was outing. He was in the process of outing the Clintons. I, maybe Clinton Foundation, dark money stuff. Lord have mercy. Um, yeah. You know, these are not good people and anyone, you know, that's why when I see someone that has a Clinton or I stand with Hillary or any of these bullshit fucking tags on their car that say Biden or it's like you, you are aligning yourself with a demon (laughs) basically at the very least (laughs) a fucking organized crime leader. Yeah. At the very least. Right. But this is, this is Evil, nefarious, demonic energy that is working but, through these people. Uh, yes, I know. That's what I'm saying. At the very least, they're organized yeah. crime. Yeah, I yeah. mean that's enough right yeah. there. But I mean, then you can take it to the, you know, straight to hell after that. Yeah, I mean, and and just imagine, like in the layers of all of this, that these are the low level people. <laughs> yeah, these are the people that, whose names we know. No, and I'm not laughing because it's funny. I'm laughing because it's horrifying and it's just like so, so freaky. Like I, I want, that's why I wanted to end on kind of a happy note and a positive note because it was so dark, but I want to say like, you know, what do you guys do for fun? <laughs> Milk your goats? Like that sounds amazing. Of course you live on a farm now. Like that seems like the best, um, salve to heal your heart after going through this darkness is the land it's like separating yourself from this fucking insane matrix concentrating on what you can control and making the best out of it yeah build your hay barn and your greenhouse and hang out with your chickens and you know and be in love absolutely well Jeez, well, you've stuck around this long if you're a Patreon member. Um, and boy, what a reason. This is, if any episode is a reason to become a Patreon member, at least to be able to listen yeah. to this whole episode, this is Fuck. it. This was fucking insane and yeah. fantastic and amazing. Corey's, uh, just his fortitude to be able to, to, to pull himself through this is a fucking amazing. And Alicia for sticking uh, by his side and well, helping out. And well, Alicia for sticking by Isaac's side and for, true. and for going through this living hell that she went through. Yeah, like exactly. God, this woman, she's a, a warrior. They both are. Yeah. Yeah. What a good match. Yeah. What a great, 
great couple and I I truly send them so much love and grace and good feelings and prosperity because they deserve it. They really Absolutely. do. These are these are decent human beings that are yeah. doing doing some incredible work. Amen. Amen. Um thank you all so very much for listening. Uh hopefully you got some wonderful things out of this. I know that I did, um, and some hard things, but you know, it's stuff that we need to know about. We need to know that these things go on and we need to know that this is a part of the world that we live in, not the whole world by any means. Um, but if, if this stuff continues to go on behind closed doors, then it's going to just burgeon there. So we need to shine a light on it and figure out what to do next. Um, well, it's also separating the fact from fiction. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of fact here, a lot of unavoidable fact. I mean, yeah. Corey has the fucking receipts, so, and yeah. you can download them on the website. So go to the link for sure and support him in any way you can, even though I don't know if there's any financial way to do that, but give them your good vibes. Well, and Both if if anyone and I I just echo what he said, if anyone has any information whatsoever that they want to share with him, I'm sure you could do it anonymously. For sure. You know, it would just anything that we could do to support the truth in this uh endeavor, I would really urge you to do that because Isaac Cappy deserves that. And, you know, all of the people that have been negatively affected by trafficking and, you know, just the the absolute destruction of children's lives that he was trying to um, help uncover and and uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, not exploit. Um, Expose. Expose, yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I really think it would behoove you to share anything that even if you were in that area and you saw something and then it didn't make sense and it's always kind of niggled at you for some reason, this is the person to share that information with because he is sharing his research with the public but there's probably plenty of stuff he's not sharing that he still doesn't have the answers for so i trust that you could safely share information with him and he would not compromise anyone true on that note we are going to shut our chickens up and relieve ourselves <laughs> what well, we do that too we're human beings <laughs> and I'm hungry too, actually. Um, so thank you all for listening. Uh, if you would like to get a hold of us for whatever reason, guest ideas, recipes, whatever, whatever, the Melt Podcast at protonmail.com. And you can always write me at hunter muse at protonmail.com. Thank you all so much for listening. Much love. Yes. Keep it real. R.I.P. Isaac. Hello. Guys, something special is happening in here. 
That's right, it's Brackets and Jackets, bringing it back for Brackets and Jackets, special Epstein Island edition. That's right, folks, Epstein, Jeffrey Epstein, the man with the island, which is suspiciously close to Haiti. That's right, you see this man, Jeffrey Epstein, is funding lots of people, he's funding lots of people on the street to make sure his shit doesn't get out. That's right, they want the record sealed. They're paying a lot of people. Epstein's paying a lot of people. Oh boy. For one, he's got a whole Mossad media matrix in America. And I would bet you anything that Alex Jones is one of them. Prove me wrong. That's right, Cappy's in the portal. Cappy's in the portal. Cappy's in the building with songs about Epstein. It's Brackets and Jackets Epstein edition. Guys, I had some epiphanies today. I had some real big epiphanies about some guys. A big network of guys and spies and lies and liars. All right, think about this for a minute, okay? The guy in Portland, the scientist that just got busted for producing CP, that guy is one degree of separation away from Epstein. Epstein, the investor that lives in West Palm Beach, Florida. I know a guy who lives in West Palm Beach, Florida as well. Investor as well, also involved as well. And all is not well with these guys. The Florida boys, the Glow boys, the Scott Israels of the world. You see, Epstein is Hillary Clinton. And Epstein is Haiti. And Epstein is a big network of media assets. By the way, did you know that Steve Bannon was going to that guy for money? Also, Epstein is Epstein Oprah. Epstein is uh, Chris Tucker. You remember him. Epstein is also Kevin Spacey. Epstein is also Prince Andrew. Epstein is also... Who else is Epstein? Who else is Epstein? Tell me. You guys know? Who else is Epstein? Is Epstein Big Pharma? Is Epstein Brian Singer? Is Epstein Naomi Campbell? Yep, all of the above. All of the above. Who is Epstein? Epstein is the keystone of a whole motherfucking matrix. And once you pull it out, once you pull it out, it all falls down. Dersh, Dersh was there too. So here's something that really made a kind of weird epiphany to me today is when I figured out that Gabe Hoffman lives in West Palm Beach, Florida and is an investor in West Palm Beach, Florida and had a documentary about this guy, Brian Singer. But isn't Brian Singer Epstein as well? Were they made? 
maybe setting up a little play for this guy, Brian Singer. Maybe they didn't even bring him down to where the real shit was happening. They always had a fall guy to take him out. That's kind of where my mind's going. Prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. What about Alex Jones? Who else is Epstein funding? The guy was friggin' loaded. And there's accounts in the Cayman Islands. Plus, if you've got paymasters, if you've got people that will pay and do your dirty work for you, like set up ups on patriotic Americans. Well, what about that? By the way, I got a call today. I got a call today from somewhere in the Pacific Northwest. It was the best, guys. It was a very good call. Some things are happening all over the world. Oh yes, some things are happening all over the world. By the way, by the way, may I remind you that that scientist that was busted in Portland just a couple of days or maybe a week ago was busted for producing CP and he is one degree away from Epstein. That's right, Epstein. Pull it out, pull it out. Pull it like a ding on the bottom. Pull it like a ding on the bottom. Pull that motherfucker out. And everything, everything all falls down. Prove me wrong. You see, Epstein did so many things and so many people and so much was going on underneath the temple of doom. Well, I hate to be a harbinger of bad news, but uh, people took devices into the temple, you friggin' idiots. That's why, that's why we have everything. We have everything. It's true. And you know how we do. <laughs> uh, send this to your mom. Be like, hey mom, hey AOC, hey Rashida, is there anyone, anyone who would like to look into this Jeffrey Epstein character? Because he has some associations we should look into. You might as well do it. Is there anyone brave enough? I think all of America could be brave enough because here's what Epstein means once you take it out. That means a bunch of bad guys on both sides go tumbling down. Like, hey, Democrats, I'll tell you what. I bet you if you pull this Jenga, we could get... <laughs> oh, we could do a lot of good for all of America. Make all of America great. And get rid of the hate and infighting and people that somehow irrationally go after Q. Because I think Q is a pretty cool dude. That's right, Turtle. That is correct. We must unseal. Let's see what lurks inside those records. What's inside those records? Let me see what you got in there. What do you got in there? Oh boy! Nail you to the wall. Prove me wrong. You can't prove me wrong. Ooh, 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 I am high, I am 
indeed high on amazing vibes and feelings that we are entering into a new era. But first, but first, we might have to do a few things. That's right. See, you can't just keep covering it up because the truth is coming out and you can't put it under the ground. As hard as you try, run to it! Make a run for it, you bitch! See, you are going down and you're clowns! You are all going down to the ground! This is Dr. Light, Dr. Light! That's right! Get another proxy, bitches! Masadi hotties! And motherfucking little ho dotties! You got all that fucking blackmail from Epstein Island! You wanna keep it on the low low, but you can't, bro. You cannot keep it up, bro. Oh boy, this Epstein guy keeps some interesting company, doesn't he? Prove me wrong. What about Branson? I mean, he's right there. What about the guy named, uh, what about some, maybe some secret guys, huh? Maybe some filmmaker guys. Who else is Epstein? That's the thing, we don't know. We don't know what's going on with Epstein. Uh, I mean, it is a fact that Epstein was pictured with Trump. Now, I know better, but shouldn't it at least be looked at, America? Yeah, Rachel. That's where my head's going. Who else was on the island? Was Paris Hilton? Oh shit. Was Paris? Were you there, Paris? Paris, were you there? Is that why you're fucking doing what you're doing? You know what happens when we sing this song. When we all sing along. <laughs> yes, the Lolita Express. Was on that plane and what was they doing? They were in Santa Fe, New Mexico, weren't they? Santa Fe, Epstein, heard he got a ranch out there, heard that Mexico's really close. What about when the border was porous with all those people poured upon us? Those little people smuggled in and sold to people like what happened in Tucson and probably New Mexico and probably California uh, all over the world. This industrial complex of fucking slavery. These modern day slavers are slavers. That's right. Santa Fe, New Mexico. I don't know if he was in the city. May have been the county. Not quite sure on the details of that aspect. Probably should look it up. But I know that the flight logs showed that Jeffrey Epstein was definitely in Santa Fe. Oh, me. Oh, yes, please have a look. Have a look. Spread it around now. Oh yeah, Prince Andrew. So that brings a royal family into the equation. Who knew?
lots of choppers overhead sometimes. They like to have a peek. Yeah, they like to have a peek. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. So think about the concept of a bagman, okay? What about a bagman? A bad man who holds the bag for bad man. Is it Jeffrey Steve? <laughs> Is it a Jeffrey Steve? Hey! Palm Beach, what's up? We're coming to you live from America. Oh boy. Uh, uh, it's so funny to watch people be stupid, fucking idiots. True story. It makes me laugh, sometimes it makes me cry, when bad people do bad things to other people, but that's why, that's why we do what we do. So who else was on the island? Who's on the island? Uh, who's on the island? Illuminati gay frogs, that's correct. Illuminati gay frogs, gay frogs. Senators, and let's make a fucking ruckus. We need to get to the bottom of this Epstein guy. Who was on, who was, what was going on on the island? Who was on the flight logs? What is in the tunnels? And why is Jeffrey Epstein paying so many fucking people all across America? That's right, that's right, that's right. Is Trump involved? Well, I mean, it's obvious he hung out with Epstein a few times, so yeah, he is involved. Everyone's involved, guys. Everyone, everyone. Maybe, uh, what about... Oh, the Clintons are big time, big time, big time, big time into it. Of course, we must know. Let's clean America out. I guarantee you will have a better taste in your mouth. When this is all done, it's like toothpaste. Lick it up. Avenatti, I don't know. We know that Avenatti was trying to blackmail Nike. But by the way, Nike is Epstein problems too. You see, Portland is Epstein problems too. And Hillary is Epstein problems too. It's all Epstein, guys. All Epstein.
houses on the island. We know Rick Chandler has an association. Why do you think the media assets of Jeffrey Epstein? Because who has the will and the means to take the truth tellers out? You see, you can never take truth tellers out because we tell the truth. And that for you means you are at a strategic disadvantage. Especially now when we have friends. We have friends who aren't the bad guys. In fact, we have friends who are the good guys. And the good guys win. Read the book. It's in the end. 